Hey, cousins, and welcome back to another episode of the Finessing Failure podcast with your favorite host, me, Courtney Amanda. And today I am joined by the beautiful, the wonderful Avery Liggins. Yes, that's I was about to say Avery (laughs) Simone because that's what your email says, Avery Liggins. Avery, go ahead and introduce yourself to us. Yes, and it's so funny. Uh, I get confusion all the time. My branded name is Avery Simone because it's my middle name, but mm-hmm. Lincoln's is my last name, so both are correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, everyone. It is so great to be here on this podcast, and I love the title. So a little bit about me. <laughs> a little bit about me. I am the CEO of Black Woman Moguls, where I work with women entrepreneurs on their brand strategy, marketing strategy, and the most overlooked part of their business, which are business systems and automation. So it's a long story that got to that, but it was an evolution from website design when I started in college in 2010, and I haven't looked back since. And it's so just great to see the transformation of the client clients who we work with. Awesome. So I actually have been following you on Instagram for about two or three months now. I've seen the Black Women Mogul Summit. I've actually um, sent in my submission to speak at the summit, but I'm definitely going to be on the live tonight. Just want to put that out (laughs) there for you. I'm going to be there um, just because I want to see and be around more people like me. So you kind of dipped in to where you started, but I want a little bit more. You started with website design. What brought you into website design? You know, that's a funny question. Um, I actually don't know because I've done so many ventures and I think I just like the design aspect of it. I was like, oh, this is easy. Right. I could just jump into that. I don't, but I don't know what truly led me to say, let's just try website design. I, I was uh, always that person who would experiment with different ventures or different things. And so I always did like the website, well, the design aspects of different projects. And right. so once I learned that website design was not as hard as I thought, I was like, oh, let's just dabble in this just for a little bit. And then from there, I had clients and I did some freelance work. And then from there, I was saying, okay, let's make this a real business mm-hmm. and see what we can do. So I needed to learn brand strategy, marketing strategy. And so, of course, I was a part of that good old YouTube university at first and books. Don't and then it. <laughs> when it accelerated, when it was time to accelerate my brand, that's when I really invested in coaching and training to make sure that I was getting the tools I needed. Um, Cause I did have the knowledge, but sometimes you need that extra step to get you to the place where you want to be. Right. Right. Okay. So website design back in 2010, tell me what that even looked like. Did, did you have platforms that you use where you putting out the code on a notepad and then hitting enter? Like what did that look like for you? So I was a team Wix girl. I still am. And they've evolved so much, even though I've been able to expand my platforms um, since then, but at that time, it was based on, and it still is based on templates. And so, even though it's templates and user friendly, not a lot of people could put it to make it look aesthetically pleasing. And not that right. there's more than uh, that goes into a brand than just pretty colors and stuff. But someone still could not put out a good layout. So that's what. Um, Really, it was just like, again, the design aspect of it. I've always been a creative person. Mm -hmm. And so for me to be able to take this template from like this ugly looking basic thing to something beautiful, yes, that's what really um, made me stand out from the competition. And then that's how it evolved from there. And ironically, I took a few years off from design. And then I, I kind of brought it back because people were like, you did my website. Can can I get you back again? I was like, okay. Right. Well, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So after website design, you decided to elevate your business and you now run the Black Woman Moguls Summit. You own Black Women Moguls um, and they teach brand design and 
business strategy and marketing. So on a day-to-day, what does that look like for you? When you have a client that is freshly onboarded, what do you do in order to help them shape their business? So first it begins with an assessment because if I don't know your current struggles, your obstacles and where you want to go, I probably will not be able to work with you to get to those set goals. So it begins with an assessment. And then I'll also ask, what are your signature offerings? So, because a lot of people have a messaging issue that I come across. Mm -hmm. And so when we really hone in on their messaging, well, their signature offers, we can hone in on their messaging and making sure that they're not just talking about the features, which are great, but really the benefits and the transformational results that they can provide. So once they dig deep into, okay, this is what I achieve for my customers or clients with XYZ and specifically laying out, then that's when we can work on their client attraction plan to make sure we're getting individuals into their funnel. And now if they're already at that stage, that's great. It makes my job a little bit more easier. And if they're not, it's okay because I have a blueprint. But if they are ready for that next level, that means we can work on enhancing their brand positioning making sure that they are seen as a credible industry expert and then going on to those larger conversations about business systems and automation. Okay. Okay. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. But from what I just gathered from what you say, you take them from where they are and you work with them, but you have to know where someone is before you can even guarantee that you can help them do anything. Right. Right. Okay. And if you don't know where they are, that's where my questions come in and we can pinpoint that down. Perfect. Okay. So let's talk about finesse and failure real quick, because I think this is obviously the topic of the podcast. When it comes down to finessing failure, how do you think you would define what that means to you? Yes, that's a great question. And I even address this in all of my speaking opportunities. I say, I have a specific slide that says that my failures were really just lessons in disguise. We tend to, you know, say, oh my goodness, I'm such a failure. And I, I'm guilty still. Me too, but, real bad. <laughs> yes, but it happens to the best of us. But what we need to take from that moment of perceived failure is what can we learn from this and how can we enhance our strategy for the next venture or next opportunity? So I can share a few, few of my failures. Yes, <laughs> Again, please. Perceived. I was going to ask that next. Tell me about a time <laughs> that you finesse failure. What does that yes. look like? Yeah, so... That's a great question. So some of my failures were I started a travel agency because I can literally plan a trip in under 30 minutes. I love to travel. I love to plan uh, experiences. And so I was like, you know, let's just open a little travel agency. Okay. And so I had one booking and then that had to fall through because of whatever reason. And so I was like, well, you know, kind of learned that that's not what I wanted to do. I also thought I was going to be a fashion designer growing up. So after college, I started an online fashion boutique. I was like, yes, I'm living out my dream, getting out this fashion to the consumers. And so at that time, it was like early entrepreneurial Avery. That early entrepreneurial Avery needed to learn more about marketing strategy and also that brand strategy to make sure that I was expanding my reach. And so that technically was a failure. And I ended up I ended up wasting a couple of hundred, maybe thousand dollars on inventory that was not used for my business. And and it was a blessing in the end to someone because a a young lady, she was starting her fashion boutique. I was able to give her that merchandise for free. But on my end, it was a failure. Right. So. Each stage, I was like, okay, let me figure out 
what I need to do differently for this next venture. And really those failures, again, going back to lessons in disguise, it was because that was not my purpose. Mm. And when I started Black Owned Moguls, because I had another community for Black entrepreneurs, Black Owned Moguls is probably, maybe with the exception of my new business, the only platform that I have stayed motivated and disciplined to, even when I want to say, oh, like, what did I get myself into? Of course. Of course. (laughs) You spoke about discipline and Mm -hmm. it was very brief, but I want to talk to you Mm -hmm. about discipline. Mm -hmm. I also have that issue where I have, and I've heard it before a thousand times, but I have shiny object syndrome. And anytime that something seems cool or I have an idea for something, Mm -hmm. I want to focus on that and I'll leave whatever I'm doing on the table. Mm -hmm. It took so much practice and so much discipline and so much, hey, calm it down, finish what you're you're doing first. Um, And I almost think I have ADHD when it comes to business ideas because I have so many running through my mind. What do you do in order to practice discipline inside of your everyday life, inside of your business, so that other Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs can benefit from that? Because discipline is everything when you're starting a business and you don't want to keep going from left to right, side to side. So what do you practice? This is an ironic question because I think we can all suffer from that from time to time. And even a few uh, weeks ago, I was like, okay, well, not a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, I was trying to determine, okay, what other stream of income do I want to add to my business? Is it going to be an Airbnb? Is it going to be Toro? What am I going to do? And so what I did to narrow it down, and I ended up starting a 360 photo booth company. Mm -hmm. Number one is I took free masterclasses from the different industries that I was interested in. And so then I, I, from there, I was like, okay, what will make me the most money without me having to spend a whole lot of time of investing myself in there? What team can I employ? Because still, even though, yes, I have this new newest company, Black Women Moguls is still my priority. Right. And even if there are like other ideas that I want to employ, I make sure I write down every single thing because it might just be, maybe it's not a right now, but it's a later opportunity that you want to come back and revisit because that's happened to me so many times. I was like, oh, I wrote this down back in 2000, whenever, this is the time to implement it. And when you learn more tools and resources, you can align it to what you're currently doing. So mm. I hope that answers your question, but there- it does. Assessing what, again, what can make me the most money, what am I passionate about, and then also determining what will take the least amount of time or what what will not take me away from my purpose. Perfect. Perfect. And that's actually the best answer I think I could have gotten because you're not saying I'm not going to do it, but you're saying it's not for me right now, even though it's in your mind. It's something mm-hmm. fresh. You want to keep doing it. But the longer you do something, especially in entrepreneurship, the more you get accustomed to the resources that you have available and mm-hmm. something that you didn't know that you had available then you have available now, which can push you forward for that later. So, yes, that actually helped me a thousand percent because I know <laughs> that's something I also need to be practicing because I have a business idea, like I said, at least four or five a day. So if I can push those off and put them in my little binder and say, wait, 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 wait on that. Wait on that. Not quite. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll definitely help me out a lot. And not only me, but everybody else, too. So when it comes down to personal development, you talked about masterclasses. We all mm-hmm. know what masterclasses are. They're a free option for business owners or entrepreneurs or someone who wants to put their feet in the game to learn a little bit more, not like the nitty gritty, but learn a good mm-hmm. bit about the industry that they're wanting to go into, whether it's Airbnb, whether it's Toro, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, starting your own nail business or whatever the case may be. Um, they have masterclasses for it, taught by people who made money in the industry, 
and are now teaching in the industry because they know so much. So tell me about your, other than masterclasses, tell me about mm -hmm. your experience with personal development, whether it was a course you took or a mentor you decided to go after. Yes, I wholeheartedly believe the best method and I'm not going to say you have to do it right now because it definitely took some time for me to do this is investing in a coach mm. or an advisor. And the reason I say that is, yes, YouTube is great. Yes, books are great. But sometimes you need that back and forth conversation with someone who has a bird's eye view of your business and can say, this is what you need to do next. And I say, I always say your favorites, your favorite coaches, they also have coaches. Mm -hmm. So if you are haven't made your first 10K, you probably want to talk to someone who's made their first 100K. If you haven't made your first 500K, you probably, or you want to talk to someone who's on that level, a million and so forth. And so they might not mention the person's name, but every person who has had a successful business or is, or has a successful business, they have had someone in their corner to give, to pinpoint them in some way. And so I wholeheartedly say a coach is the best investment you can make. I remember there were many times I was, I wasn't literally crying, but I was like crying because I was like, oh my gosh, my last coins for this coach. <laughs> but it was really worth the investment. And a lot of those, the training that I learned has carried over into my business today. So do you think that your return on investment was well worth the initial investment? Yes. And even with one coach, um, she hired me to be on her team. When I hired me, we had a contract. I was still independent, but she uh, would hire me for her clients who needed services. And so I definitely made some money back from investing in the in her services. And she would always treat me as if I was like a part of her official team mm. because of that. So you never know what training, what investing in a coach or a trainer will lead down the road. And then also getting in the rooms is important. So I, I don't necessarily do, uh, I'm looking for my next coach or advisor. I haven't found one that I've settled on, but right now what I'm doing is making sure I'm getting in the room, going after all the opportunities, going to chambers of commerce in my local community, and then making sure I'm networking because that's really where the key uh, wealth is as they say your network is your net yes network. <laughs> yes i literally was going to be asking you this next question and you took it right out of my mouth i love it when it comes down to networking when it comes mm -hmm. down to and it's also can be put into the personal development development category mm -hmm. networking is absolutely your net worth the people you know can put you in rooms can put you in places can put your name in places you never step foot in so my question is and i have battled with this so much my question is where or how did you get the confidence to actually go out and go to networking events, go to your local chamber of commerce, do these things? How did you find the confidence to do that? And, you know, this is always an interesting question because I can be very, very extroverted, but mm -hmm. then I can also be a homebody me and say, too. I don't want to go anywhere today. I would just love to stay home. Girl, that is me but, all the way. <laughs> but when I go out and network, that's when I make the most meaningful connections and the mm -hmm. most meaningful referrals. I had three events Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week, and I was tired. Right. But it was so important for me to be in those rooms because even with the event last night, I was trying to um, partner with a certain organization, and I was able to finally talk to someone face-to-face -to, -face to see about how, what are the next steps to be, become a guest speaker. He said, email me today. We can try to get you on the program next month. This has been, I don't know how long it's been of me trying to 
get in the door of that. But just by me showing up, as they say, showing up as 90%, I was able to get on a program for next month. And another thing um, for the business, uh, there was the Atlanta Black Business Expo a few weeks ago. And I was displaying Black Women Moguls and my other company, 360 Photo Booths, Fan and Shout. And I they approached me. Goodwill Industries, it turns out they have a workforce and entrepreneurial development program. And so they want me to become a coach, not only as a guest speaker, but they will pay me for my services as well for the information I provide. So had I not shown up to that even and say, oh, I'm just going to stay home today. Oh, I don't want to, you know, I just want to do whatever. I would not have had another national organization approach me to add to my resume. So I think it might bring me up to four brands that I would have worked with nationally. So showing up is 90%, even when we're tired. Sometimes we just have to give ourselves that extra push. Now, I'm, I'm not saying work, work, work so much where you don't take a break, but I'm saying you have to really assess those opportunities and know which rooms you need to show up in. Let's just take a moment. <laughs> Let's take a moment to to break down what you just said. You decided to show up into a room, even though you were so tired, you didn't want to go. And your better judgment said, just show up. And with you showing up, you landed a deal that you landed an opportunity to land a deal that you've been after for a while now. Mm -hmm. You showed up to the Atlanta Black Expo and got another deal because they approached you just because you were there. Mm -hmm. Let's just break down. (laughs) The fact how that is, it happens more often than not, but we're not in those rooms for it to mm-hmm. happen to us. So mm-hmm. you already answered my question. Networking is definitely the way to go. You definitely want to be in the rooms. My next question is, how do you get to those rooms? Mm, that's a good question. And so it's easier than most people think. Mm-hmm. And I will say, to I wasn't always at a position to attract individuals on this level. But when you position your brand in such a way that, again, builds that trust and credibility, it comes almost second nature to Mm. the individual. So it's also and it's not not I'm not going to I hope people take this to heart because, yes, social media is a great tool. I don't want to place all the emphasis on there, but you have to show up consistently what no matter what platform you're on. So I want to say that first. Number two. When you go to professional organizations such as, well, here in Atlanta, we have the Atlanta Black Chambers. Um, We have, I'm going to join the Cobb Chamber membership and their membership is a little bit higher, but uh, you know, it's about that investment and getting again in the right rooms. So I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and make that investment in the business because the return will be even greater. So if you find business organizations like that, if you, um, there's also and I think they have it uh, nationally as well as the Urban League of Greater Atlanta Young Professionals, but they have other chapters in other areas. So it starts with, you can start by finding those professional organizations and see what events they have coming up. Eventbrite is my best friend. Mm-hmm. Every time I find, oh, here's a trick. So every time I go to an event, if you, and I do this on my phone, but they have it online as well. If you scroll down to the bottom, they have other related events that will take you to to see what else they are offering in your community so when i look see an event that i like i'm like okay let me go to the bottom see what other events they suggest and more than likely they are events that i would like to attend so that's an event right hat and then sometimes i'll just google it business events in atlanta Mm. and just show up Mm. okay okay 
I'm still a little nervous. I'm still a little nervous. I actually have one of my first net networking events, like in person. It's an actual ball, and it's held mm-hmm. in Columbia, South Carolina, here or in April. Um, mm-hmm. I actually know the guy who's throwing the ball. He is a photographer. He is a businessman and marketing coach himself. I told him that after I took a marketing class through him that I would show up to at least one event a quarter um, because he also told me the same thing you said. Half the work is showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I bought a ticket to go to the ball. I'm going. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm super nervous. I'm super nervous to just even put my feet in that room. I know that I'm well rounded in a lot of different areas. I know that I can talk to anybody. Um, I'm just nervous because it'll be my first one. Mm-hmm. My first in person yeah. anything. So I'm nervous. You got this. And you know what? I still get nervous going to events. I don't know how long I've been in this event networking space but I still get nervous but I find that like once I get there it's I think for me it's just getting out the house right and after I get out the house I find that okay this was so worth my time let's do this again and so I think you're you're you will experience the same thing because you already present yourself so well you've already positioned your brand and you know your business like the back of your hand I so do. once you get there <laughs> It's gonna, you know, flow easily. And I tell, tell, uh, I tell people that sometimes you just need to go to an event by yourself because if you go with your friends, you're gonna stick to them like a crutch. And mm. that's how I push myself out there. I started, uh, even though I go out with my friends, and I have, uh, I have two different um, purposes with my events. One is for social, and one is for networking. Mm-hmm. When I go out for networking, I need to go by myself to put myself out of my comfort zone. I love that. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm, I, I already bought the ticket. I already bought the dress. I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Okay. So we talked about networking for a very good bit of time. And now I mm-hmm. want to transition over to what you like to read. Because I know you're a very successful woman. I know mm-hmm. that very successful people either read actual physical books or they listen to them on audible like me because i'm an audible girl so give me a book recommendation it doesn't matter how many you want that you would recommend for an entrepreneur needing to be put into the right mindset or the right mind space okay so the first book that popped into my head is building a story brand and that goes back to what i was talking about with messaging if you struggle to really hone in on your messaging and how you can communicate with your audience building a story brand is a good blueprint for that the next book i would say is book yourself solid and i'm sorry i forget the 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 gentleman's names but those are the actual titles so you can type it into amazon so book yourself solid is another book that i actually probably need to reread he gives Oh, and when we're talking about networking, he gives you strategies for networking, for email marketing and other things. And if you're going to get that book, it's more you could actually use it for um, product based businesses, but it's for more so for service based. Okay. I would get the workbook version of it, which is my biggest regret. I have the regular book, get the workbook version of it because they have spaces where you can write down your thoughts and answers to the prompts. Um, let's see. There is this. I forget the official title, but there is this book on Amazon as well called Email Headlines. And I think it's like over 900 email headlines. So if you struggle to create, come up with a catchy email headline, mm-hmm. they have done it for you until you mm-hmm. get into the group of things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going into so, so much because I'm a book hog. I have some things <laughs> I still need to read. I'll just stick with those three for now. Okay. Okay. So book yourself solid, the em- mm-hmm. email headlines. And then the first mm-hmm. book was 
is brand, building a story brand building your story brand now mm-hmm. building your story brand this could be for any type of business correct yes mm-hmm. okay any type of business no matter product-based service-based you need to have a story behind your brand to clearly communicate your products or services and i like to give the analogy like every single thing that we use if your product base has a purpose if we need to write something down what do we use a pen or a pencil and if mm-hmm. we don't what are we going to, I mean, you can use the computer, but I'm saying if it's like, you know, you're out and about and you don't have your computer, you use the pen. So everything has a purpose and you need to be able to communicate that purpose to mm. your audience. Mm. And that is something huge as well. As far as just, as far as like making sure that people know that you have a reason for selling whatever you're selling, no one wants mm-hmm. to be sold to. In mm-hmm. this day and age, people are tired of seeing the ads on TikTok. People are si- tired of seeing the ads on Instagram and Facebook. They don't want to be sold to. They want to be able to build a connection with you. And Gen mm-hmm. Z is probably one of the most wanting to be connected people I think I've ever had come into contact with. But they need that connection. They need that community. So when mm-hmm. you're selling something, it's no longer like, oh, this pin's nine ninety nine. Get it now. It's like, this pin's going to help you write so solid. Join this community yeah. of other people who love this pin, and that's exactly. when they will buy it. So you have mm-hmm. to be able to know how to communicate your brand and its purpose and whatever the purpose is behind your product in order for somebody to buy it, especially in these days and age. Now, for mm-hmm. older people, it'll be a lot easier. Oh, this pin's a nice pin. I'm going to buy this pin instead of, and that's more like on on or in the store shopping versus I'm online. This pin just popped up. Do I want to buy it or not? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we do a lot more research when it comes into buying objects now versus just buying it because we need it if that makes sense right. it does so we covered, we covered a lot we covered a <laughs> lot <laughs> um i think my next question mm-hmm. is about systems and automation um yes. a lot of business owners struggle with this because they don't want to be hands off they want to be hands-on inside their business they want to touch everything they want to see everything what advice do you give to business owners who need to let go Ooh, good question. And honestly, I've been there too, because I thought I had to have my hands in everything to make sure it goes smoothly and correctly. Right. But it's number one, important to learn the art of delegation. And I don't say that lightly because I know that's a struggle and it might take some time, but some things that can help individuals with that is as you're, even as a solopreneur, Make sure you write down every single thing that you do in your business and the steps that it takes to do that task. So when it's time to pass those things over to an assistant or a virtual assistant or a team member, they can replicate your process and you don't have to worry about, okay, are they going to do it right? Don't need to micromanage them because they would follow your step-by-step process. So that would be my advice for individuals. And then also finding tools and resources that can automate your brand. And I'll give an example. So for Black Woman Moguls, we have a customer or client relationship management tool that houses our contracts. And then also it gives uh, automated, uh, once they sign up and uh, pay their first installment, it will give their welcome packet automatically because people want quick results. They want to know their next result, their next step quickly. So having things such as that means that they're not waiting on me to say, okay, what's next? And they can schedule their appointment as soon as they pay. I have three words for that. Standard operating procedures. Yes, exactly. I learned these three words and I learned outsourcing. Yes. I was in the game. 
Mm-hmm. I was in the game. <laughs> I was selling products and I built a system and I also had my standard operating procedures or my SOPs in order mm-hmm. to, if I, when I did employ my assistant, take it off my plate. I can focus on something completely different. I think yes. we get so focused that we get hyper-focused on making sure everything is aligning right. We overwork ourselves, which leads mm-hmm. to burnout, which leads mm-hmm. to, do I really want to keep doing this? Mm-hmm. Instead of actually running our business, like we are the owner, we run it like we're an employee. Yeah. Oh, that's what I say that too. I say that too. Instead of running our business like a business owner, we run it like we're the employee and we should not. Mm -hmm. When I learned to outsource my tasks and I learned to create those standard operating procedures, my business got a thousand times easier and more simple Mm -hmm. because I don't have to worry about the small, I got to send this email at three o'clock before. No, it's already done for Mm -hmm. me. She's going to get it one day after her first email sequence syncing Mm -hmm. and everything else. So. Do you help build out those systems and automations? Do you help map out those systems and automations? Yes, actually both. So depending on if they just want the strategy, I can provide the strategy, my recommendations. But a lot of people are like, Avery, just take this away from me. What can you do? And I was like, yes, I... What we do is we actually write, well, when you were talking about email sequences, we write out the sequence for you and we design it and set it up for you. We'll teach you how to maintain it, which you shouldn't have to do much, but in case you need to make the smallest change, yeah, if you want to pay us, sure, go ahead. But we try to make you self-sufficient or your team self-sufficient so you don't have to dish out money every single time for small changes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's uh, very important to us to make sure that we, even though I mentioned the brand strategy earlier, the business systems and automation is really close to my heart because I tell people that I can literally, if I want to, even I love my computer, I can manage my business from my phone. And that's due to delegation and automation. And it's very important for me to be able to pick up and go when I need to. Yes. So I have another question that kind of piggybacks off this first question. When Mm -hmm. were you comfortable enough to let go of the reins? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, And I can give an example. There was a time when I was not ready uh, because I didn't have, as we talked about, those standard operation procedures in place, those SOPs. And so the poor, uh, I don't even remember her name. Uh, I feel so bad to this day. I didn't give her the right tools and things that she needed to implement my task successfully. Mm. And so I took a step back and I was like, okay, I know it was me what can I do to improve this the next time? And so that's when I began to, again, write out all of my business activities, write out the business steps. And so when it started, pick, when business started picking up and there were things, certain things I didn't want to do, like checking the email every day, or even now to an extent, I outsource my marketing and I will just write it. If I need to rewrite it in my brand voice or do certain things, I'll do that still. But it was when I was like, I need to focus on the other things in my business. I want to free up more of my time. I want to do more of the things I enjoy. That's when I knew it was time to pass it off. Mm. And I think that a lot of us don't realize that we're overworking ourselves to the extent of we don't want to keep going. We don't want to mm-hmm. keep doing it. So we're just, I hate to say it, giving up because we feel like it's way too much work. And it can be the easiest thing ever if you properly <laughs> build your business in a great foundation, but also mm-hmm. automate, automate your business in the better foundation yeah. part. So exactly. 1,010% agree. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. I love the fact that people are now focusing on automation because it wasn't yeah. around when I started my business. And if it was, <laughs> I was clueless. <laughs> I did not know anything about it, but it definitely has changed my life as far as I can literally go 
a day or two without checking my email, without checking my business's email, without checking in on my business, period, mm-hmm. because I have so many things automated. Um, I think that automation should probably be taught in business it's classes um, I, because we're taught how to open a business, quote unquote, you know, get your LLC, mm-hmm. your EIN, your DUNS number. Um, but we're not really taught like the systems and back end. Mm-hmm. So back to the back end part, when you automate systems, you mentioned a CRM, which is a client slash customer relationship mm-hmm. manager uh, management system, right? Mm-hmm. I just got one of these. I just got one of these. And some people think that your email marketing is in some businesses, your CRM. Oh my goodness. That is the most common myth. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's not a CRM. It's not a CRM. It's not. It is how you market to your customers via email or text message. Now, can you keep up with them, you know, based on their analytics and how their Mm -hmm. open rate, their close rate things? Yes. But tell us the difference between an email marketing system and a CRM. Great question. Oh my goodness. So many great questions. So thank you for this. Oh my, yes. That's why I'm here. That's when I get that question, I'm like, I, how can I put this to them nicely? As you said, the CRM is not the same as the email marketing system. So the email marketing system is a way to nurture leads from code leads. So when I say code leads, they, that means that they don't know a lot about you or they might have heard about you, but they want to know more. Mm-hmm. And so with your email system, you will nurture them with educational tips and then updates about your brand. Maybe it's a discount code here and there to nurture them for the sale. And then when we're going to the customer client relationship management system, it's more so when they have bought a product from you or a service from you that you are continuing that relationship. And so for example, with my the tool that I use, which is HoneyBook, I have my proposals in there, my client agreements, my contracts, all of those things are automated. Also, it keeps track of our communications because they would have, again, bought into a service. It also houses important information that they need to know, like their welcome packet, and I have a way to automate that. So you can't do all of that with an email system you are literally managing your client relationship in that tool. Yes, 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 yes. And I just wanted you to say it because they wouldn't believe me if I said it. I know they'll believe you if you said it. It's not the same thing. Now, all business owners are not created equal and all businesses are not Mm -hmm. created equal and they're not the same. So Mm -hmm. what businesses would you recommend have CRM and what businesses would you recommend have email platforms? Okay, so definitely a service-based business no matter what you offer, it could be even training, fitness training. You might want to have a contract in place that's, that does not hold you liable if, if an incident happens. Of course, we don't want that to happen, right. but you're covering your basis. So I would definitely say service-based businesses need to have some sort of CRM contract, uh, automated payment, um, even if it's just the the one service you provide. Right. So for email systems, I would suggest both product-based businesses and service-based businesses to have an email system of some sort, because this, again, will keep you in contact with your leads and even your clients to let you know, let them know what is going on in your brand, what to expect next and what's coming up. Okay. That's the answer I wanted to hear. That, that As long as I knew that I was right and you said it and confirmed it, that's all I care about. Happy to validate. Thank you. I, validation is all I need this year just to make sure I am on the right path. So 
Oh, I forgot to ask you a question about coaching. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot to ask this question. I didn't have it written down, which is why I didn't ask. But my question mm-hmm. about coaching is, how comfortable were you when you had to pay your first coach? Hmm, that's a good question because I would say I was in between. I would say in between because it was a lot of money mm. and there is, of course, so many other things I could have done with that money, but I saw that investment was needed for me to take my brand to the next level. And again, I say in between because on the other hand, the results and the transformation I got made the experience less uncomfortable because I knew this was what I needed and I was willing to go the extra mile to invest in it. Yes. Um, my next question about coaching is I recommend coaches to everybody. I recommend that, you know, you vet your coaches, obviously, because there are mm-hmm. so many people on the internet now <laughs> that are coaches and that can transform your life. I've seen like 20 different ads because I Googled mm-hmm. coach or business coach and they started mm-hmm. popping up out of the woodworks. Um, what questions or what did you look for when you went out to find your coach? So what I looked for is I first, of course, followed them on Instagram to see, okay, what content are they providing to their their audience and are they showing expertise? And it kind of, again, comes across as what are they, how are they showing up for themselves? How are they showing up for their clients? And then if they can provide case studies and video testimonials, that's even better because that means someone took the time and thought enough of them to say, okay, you need to go with this person. So I looked for those video testimonials. I like this. There are two individuals that I might think about for my next coach. And I followed them for a while. I know their expertise. I know that they show up consistently. I have heard them speak on several occasions. And so that's really going to be the determining factor. Who are, I mean, they're both great. So when I narrow it down, it'll be based off of those factors. I actually am also stuck in between two people right now. Um, and they're both women. They're both women of color. And they teach the same thing. Uh, one mm-hmm. definitely speaks to me a lot more. I followed her for almost a year now. I watched her grow from like 60,000 followers to 100,000 followers here recently. And the exponential growth that she has, the testimonials that she has, um, the way she speaks, I obviously know she knows what she's talking about. But mm-hmm. it's just that investment is scary to make. And I've been going through that issue of, I don't want to spend my money on the wrong thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to be in the same place I was in last year. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to coaching, when it comes down to people saying, oh, coaches aren't worth it, they are. Because we're Mm -hmm. expediting the amount of time that it's going to take for us to learn something through someone who's already been through it. This whole educational, technical, um, you know, platform now is so big people are trying to jump on it but you do have to actually confirm that the person you're wanting to work with is someone worth working for or working with Mm -hmm. and then you Mm -hmm. also have to make sure that you do your due diligence you can't just see them on social media one time and say i'm going to spend two thousand dollars with this person because there are some coaches out there that you're going to spend two grand to even step in the same room as them Mm -hmm. that's So, so true and then there are a lot of smaller, uh, smaller coaches out there who aren't charging as much, but also don't know as much as the next person would that's charging that 2000 So my next question is, when it comes down to your investments, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself um, 
money-wise, what do you feel comfortable with investing, whether it's a three-figure investment, a four-figure investment, or a five-figure investment, where do you see yourself investing right now? Hmm. This is a new one. That's a good question. <laughs> um, so I will say I've invested, well, it depends on what we're discussing. So if we're just, mm -hmm. just talking about coaches, because mm -hmm. I've definitely invested well over $40,000 in my business over time. Um, probably, I don't know the exact figures in front of me is in my, my financials. But um, if we're talking about coaches specifically, I've invested up to 15000 in a coach. And that was, with, like I said, when I was uh, figuratively crying yes. to get to that next level. So I, I still don't know how I did it to this day. Uh, the motto at Clark Atlanta, my alma mater, is find a way or make one. So I guess that's what I did. I found a way and made one. Now, for this, for next investments, because I am looking at different things, I mentioned the Cobb Chamber. Mm -hmm. Now, Chamber membership for the year is 1500 And so this will probably be the most expensive membership I've invested in so far. Maybe I've done other things uh, cumulatively together, but as far as a single organization, this is going to be the uh, the biggest investment that I've made. And to me, the return will be worth it because of the access to individuals in the room. And as far as coaching, honestly, I don't have a price limit on that because mm. as I continue to scale and want to get to a higher level of of income and revenue, that means I'm going to have to dish out more for those individuals who are where I want to be. So I wouldn't put a price on coaching and scaling. Um, marketing, I wouldn't put a price on that either because I'm starting to run more Facebook ads. I'm paying my marketing assistant for her services. And then I'm probably going to hire somebody else as another uh, sales channel, marketing channel. And that's marketing channel for those who do not know. It's just the variety of platforms or resources or tools you're using in your marketing. And so I wouldn't put a price on coaching and I wouldn't put a price on marketing. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't put a price on it. If you have structured your business the right way, if you started your business the right way, it's a write-off. Any educational, it, and the reason I say it's a write-off is because a lot of business owners don't know that. Mm, Anything that true. you pay for that is another educational something, whether it's a certificate you get at the end, mm -hmm. whether it's just a piece of paper saying you're done, whether it's a end of sequence email, whatever you get once you finish that, your money is going back into your business, which you get to write off on your taxes and you'll see mm -hmm. it again someday. Mm -hmm. And That's I want to put that in there because when you say there's no cap, there's no money, there's no limit on your investment, there's not. Because as long as you structured your business in the right way, you're going to mm -hmm. see it again. It's just mm -hmm. having that nerve and that courage to believe in someone else that they can help mm -hmm. you get to that next level yeah exactly and i think that talking to the networking queen over here put that in my mind <laughs> but oh, i think that it's, it's a super important part that we don't talk about enough mm -hmm. you shouldn't mm -hmm. put a cap on your investment now if you don't have fifteen hundred dollars to give somebody at the time make it and your money will be so much more worth it to you when you mm -hmm. actually spent something you worked hard for in your business provided for you to yeah. own something else that will grow your business. And mm. I'm actually probably going to stop by my chamber of commerce here soon and get my membership done just so I am put in those rooms. Thank you so yeah. much, Avery. Now, the hardest question that I'm going to ask you, and I want you to think real hard on this one. When it comes down to a piece of advice, you wish someone mm -hmm. would have told you on your mm -hmm. first day as an entrepreneur, what would you have wanted them to tell you? Okay, so two things come to mind. Number one, 
it, well, actually, no, three things. Number one, it's okay to work a full-time job and be an entrepreneur because you can My use girl. your full-time job to invest in your business. And it's nothing wrong with that, number one. Number two, let's go back to business systems and automation. Okay. I wish I would have employed that earlier and written down my processes earlier. Probably would have been a lot further along than I would have been. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not in a bad place, but you know, I would have accelerated a little quicker. But I made those mistakes so you don't have to. So listen to Avery. And, and then um, number three, what I wish I would have known is that it's okay to try a few different things until you get it right. It's if you are on one business venture this time, it doesn't work. And you're like, okay, maybe this will work better. And it doesn't work. Just keep trying until you find that niche that works for you. Because as you heard, I didn't tell you like every single thing that I tried, but it's okay to figure that out because eventually you'll probably land on something that Wait, will work on, for second. you. What is this? Oh, okay. That's weird. Someone knocked on my door. I wasn't expecting any company, so I was a little confused. My bad. <laughs> I get nervous when knock on my door. I do not have visitors. <laughs> I understand. Like, but eventually, <laughs> eventually you'll land on the thing that is meant for you. Like I landed on Black Women Moguls. Girl, so I'm actually telling you right now, I have done almost everything under the sun trying to figure <laughs> out what I wanted to do. And nothing... It spoke to me for a moment because it was something new and it was fresh and it was mm -hmm. a phase, but nothing spoke to me more than being a businesswoman, mm -hmm. focusing on teaching other people how to do business and how to actually mm -hmm. start their business properly. And this podcast where I get to network on my own terms mm -hmm. and meet new people. And when I tell you that this is actually something that I really love to do, I've done the Forex trading. I've done the Robin Hood trading. I've done the starting a boutique, which I mean, it's okay. I like it. it it's just, it's not something I want to do forever. You know, mm -hmm. I've done the travel agency. I'd started that two years ago, I think. Um, I'm trying to think. I've done the makeup artist thing, which I'm really good at doing makeup, um, mm -hmm. my own and others. But none of those things made me want to keep doing them. I just mm -hmm. feel like they were a means to an end. And who wants to do that? So right. I definitely understand the try it till you get it. There's no shame in trying different right. things and figuring out what you like. Now, that was my last question. Well, it was the hardest question, but the most important <laughs> question of the podcast is going to be tell the people how they can work with you, how they can okay. find you in order to start, in order to get their businesses automated properly, in order to get them on the right path to success. How can they work with you? So, yes, thank you for that question. So the best advice I can give for that is to go to www.blackwomanmoguls.com to see the different services we offer, whether it's done for you or you need more guidance as with one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also have a few resources, such as our free brand quiz that you can access instantly and determine whether you're in the build, the branding stage or the scaling stage, and then you can determine your next step. We also have the free customer attraction workbook plan that will help you work on your signature offer, hone in on your target market to get make sure we get you ready for that next step. And then we also have a free brand like a mogul class where I give you literally the back end of my brand strategy. Like I give you the actual tools I use for Black women moguls. I was like, Lord, you know what? I'm giving the people too much, but that's okay. And so that gives you an idea of some of the things that you can use and adapt for your your um 
brand itself. And so if you are looking to work with us as Black Women Moguls, I do have a profit planning session, which is a 30 minute session where we can assess your brand and you'll talk to me one on one and get your next step in your business. Mm, I love it. I love it. I actually love the brand quiz because I've never heard of a quiz that tells you whether you're still in the branding phase or whether you're ready mm -hmm. to scale phase. Like yeah. that is very innovative because that's very specific. Either you need work on your brand because you can't tell me enough or you need mm -hmm. to be scaling because you've told me enough about your brand already. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I like it. I like it. <laughs> now, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you that I didn't ask you that I should have? Hmm. Um, no, I think okay. we covered today. We did. We did. <laughs> We had some synergy on some of the same things. <laughs> yes, we did. We covered a lot. And my goal is to never have a question unasked because I try to do my research well enough to where I know exactly what we need to talk about. And, and did. networking, systems and automation has definitely been the topic of our conversation today, but I don't want it to fall on deaf ears because mm -hmm. it's the most important part of your business. Yes, marketing is important, but just because you get the, get the clients in, how are you going to keep them? Yeah. What's next? What's, what's, after, what's that? after that? Exactly. So, Miss Avery, I really want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today, for taking the time out to talk with me and all of our cousins. Um, if you guys, I'm trying to think, I want to do a live with you. Um, I want to do a live. I'm trying to broaden my horizons, child. So, <laughs> know about um, your availability, because I know you are the busiest networking woman I know. Um, and we're going to try and schedule out a live. Uh, and out. It was you. amazing having you. Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. I had an amazing time. <laughs> me too. I'll talk to you.